Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. Three months ago, I'm pretty observant, you can tell. Hey, um, I just wanted to apologize that we had to cancel the fall party yesterday. Uh, I was kind of bummed about it, but... It was really beautiful in the morning. Did you guys see that? Were you really questioning that decision? I know I was. <laughs> I actually went out to the park about 1 o'clock, and I'm just like, oh, it's so nice. And then about 1.45, it was like hail and rain. It was awful. So we would have had hot dogs and went home. So I, I guess it worked out. There is going to be other opportunities to gather together for food and fellowship coming up. And that goes with this announcement that I have. So here's the special announcement. Anybody see that Facebook post? Yeah. Yeah. So she's like that. It's just, yeah, it was really quiet. This is a big deal to me. So after a lot of prayer, we finally have found a building that we're going to be able to move into on Sunday mornings. Yeah. So God has been good. In fact, this was one of the choices, one of the possibilities from the very beginning. Um, So there was a church that was in the process of merging with another church. And it's uh, Lutheran Church of the Redeemer is the name of the the Lutheran church. And uh, their service... Uh, numbers had gone down quite a bit. And so they were in a place where they were getting ready to merge into another church and uh, their building would eventually be available, but it had to go through committees and votes and all this kind of stuff. And so it finally became available. We were able to negotiate a lease and I signed a lease, a one-year lease on Wednesday. So that's super exciting. So this is uh, where are, this is their front sign. The building is actually behind all of those trees over there. It's a small uh, liturgical looking building. It's on Mishawaka Road, which is right over there, you know, from the mall. And this is how you would get there from the mall. So right here's Concord Mall. You go down to Mishawaka Road, head that way, and it's right there. You're actually heading west, yes, on, uh, on Mishawaka Road. And so... It's five minutes from here is, is all it is. Um, it'll meet our, our needs for the next year. Here's a picture of the auditorium, all right? So it's a small uh, feel to it, very liturgical looking. It looks like the, the Mennonite church that I went to and grew up in. It had the high ceilings on it. This is a view from the stage looking back. So there's a few more pews. There's lots of pews there for us if we want them. Here's a picture of the atrium. Um, they even have pews in the atrium. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. Um, <laughs> but it does have an atrium, which is kind of cool. And then we have a picture of the multi-purpose room in the back, the, the fellowship hall. Um, we'll be able to do uh, children's ministry and community mi- meals and things like that there. And uh, one of the neat things I like is that it's right across the street from Concord Westside Elementary School, uh, which is one of the schools that we uh, did a school supply drive for. So we've already <clears throat> started that process of building a connection with them. And so over this next year, my hope is that we would increase that even more with some outreach there. So... This is moving actually pretty quick. Our uh, lease agreement 
uh, starts on November 1st. So we have possession of the building on November 1st. And um, there are some things we're planning on. Yes, we're planning on moving in by November 11th. All right. So pretty quickly. One of the things about this lease is that we can't make a lot of changes to the building. Uh, we're going to kind of just move in a lot like what we did here. You know, we just kind of move in and try to make a little bit more um, our look and feel. Um, so we're, we don't have a lot of work to do, but there is uh, some work that we need to do. So here's some ways that you can help us. First of all, come to one of our uh, all church work days. Okay. So we're going to have two, uh, two of them for everyone and then an, another one for our young adults. So Saturday, November 3rd, from 8 a.m. till noon, we'll be in there painting and moving things and cleaning and stuff like that. We're actually going to be building a stage, uh, a new stage, and um, hanging up speakers and projectors, screens, stuff like that. And then Saturday, November 10th, which is the Saturday right before our first service, uh, that'll probably be a lot of cleaning and maybe some yard work, things like that. But that's uh, 8 a.m. to noon as well. And then young adults, uh, they meet every Friday night. So we're going to have them come in on Friday, November 2nd and give us a hand. Moving all the pews is kind of the, <laughs> the hope there. We'll be moving a lot of those. All right. So that's the first thing is plan on coming to one or two or all three of those work days. Um, second thing is you can help us on move in. We're actually going to move in two weeks from tonight. So that is on Sunday night, November 4th. Uh, we're going to meet here, have a, a short service, uh, and then we're going to pick up our stuff and carpool on over to the new building. So we don't have a lot of things <laughs> to take, as you guys know, um, but we do need help taking what we do have uh, over there. So we're going to all go over there and unload all those things. And then you guys can kind of do a self tour, walk through the building and, um, and then also uh, help us pray. We're going to spend some time and pray that evening as well. We'll just kind of walk through the building and pray. Uh, and the third thing you can do is you can help us out by buying a chair or two. Okay. So the thought here is that if everybody buys a chair for you and your family, and then you go ahead and buy a chair for another family, your size, uh, we should have enough chairs to take the pews out. That's kind of the hope is that we have chairs to replace the pews. Um, we'd like to purchase around 175 chairs. That's about how many we can fit in that auditorium with the sound booth. And the cost is around $50 a chair. So we're looking for around $8,750 uh, to help us you know, with all of this. So the cool thing is that because of your generosity so far, uh, we have enough extra funds to uh, pay for the sound system and some of those things. So um, we don't need help with that, but we do need help with these chairs. So the way you can do that is go online and give towards the building fund or fill out a check request and just put it towards the building fund. And then hopefully we'll have enough money to come in to order chairs. And then number four, the way that you can help us is to invite your friends. So our first service is going to be on Sunday morning, November 11th. Our service time is going to be 10 a.m. So you, just so you can kind of get used to that already. Some of you are like, whoa, that's super early on a Sunday morning. But it is. It's going to be 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Um, and our plan is to do a community meal right after that. So uh, on our first service, we're going to go ahead and have a community meal right after and just hang out for a little bit and celebrate. Uh, so bring a dish to share. We'll have a main dish figured out, but plan on that. Now, that's not the one to invite people to, though, okay? Because we don't know what we're doing on November 11th, all right? Just so you know. 
I want you all to come, but invite your friends on December 2nd. Okay, that's going to be our grand opening. will be December 2nd. By then, we should have, I'm hopeful that we'll have chairs by then. I'm hopeful that we'll have uh, some of our signage in place. You know, all of the sound system will be tweaked, you know, some of those kinds of things. So um, our hope is in December, we're going to have a Christmas series that your friends, uh, non-churched individuals would want to come to. That's that's our plan. So that's going to be our grand opening is December 2nd second and uh, uh, we're super excited. So thank you guys so much for helping us push through the Sunday. Has it felt like eternity to you guys to meet on Sunday nights? Anyone? <laughs> Wendy's back there. Oh yeah. It is rough. It is rough. I know. Um, it is hard for me. I mean, Sunday nights have been hard, but I'll tell you, it's been so good because meeting here has been such a blessing. You know, they have a sound system for us. They have chairs in place. Um, the mall closes in, you know, five minutes. I don't like that, but you know, it's been really good to meet here on Sunday nights. And, but we just needed to be able to kind of push through this season. And you guys have been wonderful to help us through all of that. So thank you for that. It does feel like an eternity to me. We've actually only been meeting for like three months on Sunday nights. feels like 10, but no, yeah, it just does to me. So I'm excited about moving to Sunday mornings. Uh, any questions I can answer right now? Anybody? Yes. Do I have a sign? Yeah, we're going to, can you go back to the Redeemer Lutheran's uh, first slide? So this is the sign that they have in front of the building. Um, part of the lease is that we can't cover up the stone there. All right. Um, but that white sign right there, we're going to have a nice big, uh, banner over that saying lighthouse vineyard church, you know, now meeting here or something like that. And with our service time. So, and that the lights don't actually work on that right now, but we're going to fix that <laughs> so that there'll be lights shining on it. Yeah. We cannot cover up the Lutheran church of the redeemer. Not even with anything. We cannot. That was, there were, there were two parts of the lease agreement that they had. They actually weren't going to lease it to us at all because we weren't Lutheran. But the synod, uh, the guy we're working with, the pastor Dan from Grace Lutheran, who now oversees this building, wonderful guy, went to bat for us, drove to Indianapolis to argue on our behalf with the synod to say, we should let them. <laughs> you know, lease this building. And so because of that, they came out with two provisions. One was we cannot cover up that sign. <laughs> so that's going to be the building we're meeting in. Uh, and the second one is that we can only sign a one-year lease. So there's a chance that we might be able to renew that lease, you know, in a year or even purchase the building if we want to. Um, but those were the two provisions that the Synod kind of won on. Um, but I figure we can work with that. Since we don't have any signage right now, uh, I, think, I think it's a step up for us. Yes, Sonia. It's four acres. Yeah, it's all right around four acres. Yeah, actually, next week, uh, I'm going to be teaching on God's provision is the message uh, topic. And I'm going to talk about specifically how this building has met that provision. So um, we'll talk more specifics about the land and the parking lot and things like that. So I'm super excited about that. Any other questions before I pray? Yeah, Hope. As soon as I can.
So the sooner that you guys give towards the chair fund, the quicker we can order them. I don't know if I'll wait until all the money is in before we order them. Um, but I'm going to try to order them if I can, as soon as this week, uh, if you guys would be willing to, to give towards that right away. Um, we're, we had chairs picked out. They were really cool chairs. We have a sample chair, have it in our house and it doesn't match the carpet at all in the new building. So, it won't look good. So we're now having to repick out uh, chairs. So we're, we're working on that this week. All right. Any more questions before I pray and then we get into our message? All right. Thank you guys. All right. Let me pray. So Father, we thank you again for your provision. God, you are awesome. We just thank you so much for everything that you have done for us. And Lord, we also do just want to pray for the offering and the generosity of everyone here, God. We just thank you for their generosity. Um, you know, some have already decided that they're planning on helping with the chairs above and beyond their tithes. So we just thank you for that, God. And we pray that you would bless them for that. And uh, I pray that you would give us wisdom through this process of purchasing equipment and setting things up, God, that you would just guide us and direct us so that we don't waste a penny in this process. So be with us, Father, and uh, be with Rose as she teaches tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, you took Would my you notes. Like your notes. Yeah, that'd be good. Go. <laughs> Hi, guys. So, mm, we might go a little over tonight, just so you know. Clint took some of my time. <laughs> so, hang with me, all right? Um, yeah, I could, with this message, I could have done a full hour <laughs> of this, but I have to cut it down. So, but I'm not going to, I don't think you want to listen to me for an hour. But um, before I start off, I just want to pray. Um, so Holy Spirit, we want you here. Would you come and speak to us? Would you fill our hearts and your mi our minds with your truth? I am just an instrument, so God, use me to speak your truth tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we are in a series going through the book of Philippians, and it's, it's a book written by Paul to a new church um, the Church of Philippi, and it's a letter of encouragement to the Church of Philippi. And so we call this series Optimistic Outlook, Encouraging Words to a New Church. And last week, Clint talked about, he finished up the chapter, uh, finished up chapter three, and he talked about Christ's return, something to anticipate. And his two points were, we should look forward to Jesus' return because we get to go home we get to go to our heavenly home, which is pretty cool. And the second point was our spirits get a new home. And if you missed last week, it is online at lighthouseofinyear.church. You can listen to it online. And But today we're going to jump into chapter four. And um, it's a... It's pretty exciting. <laughs> I'm excited about tonight, what God has for us. Um, but I want to start off with a story first. I want to tell you a little bit about me. I grew up on a dairy farm in LaGrange County, out in the middle of nowhere, Amish country, farm country. 
I love the way I grew up. And I actually grew up on the same farm that my dad grew up on, which is pretty cool. So when I was five, we moved on to the farm and we learned how to milk cows. We learned how to feed calves. We had chickens for a season. We, it was farm. It was farm life. I loved it. But before we moved, my grandma and grandpa moved off of the farm and built a house right down the road, across the road. So they were within walking distance so we could go down there and check up on them, look out after, after them, and do things for them. But one of my favorite memories about my grandma is that she made the absolute best Amish buttermilk sugar cookies on the planet, hands down. The best. <laughs> I know y'all think your grandma made the best, but my grandma made the best. She, we would go down there and just hang out with them, and she'd be making these cookies fresh out of the oven. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. Grandma's fresh buttermilk cookies out of the oven were amazing. My grandpa, he loved to fish. So he would take us fishing with him. Do you remember this, Lorian? We would go fishing with him, and uh, I just love my grandma and grandpa. They were like my favorite people on the planet. And so he would take us fishing. We would sit there and fish with him, and um, sometimes we would skip stones on the water, and it was very carefree. We were just kids hanging out with grandma and grandpa. But one of, my, one of the things on the farm, too, was that we had a creek in, behind the barnyard. We spent a lot of time going through the barnyard down to this creek. And in this creek, we spent hours skipping stones, learning how to skip stones, looking for minnows, looking for whatever is in this creek. It's farm life. <laughs> I loved it. And very carefree. My question for you, when was the last time you had a very carefree moment? When you didn't care what was happening in your life? When you were just focused on what was in front of you? You were focused on skipping the stones. How many times can we skip the stone? Can I find the flattest rock, <laughs> the smoothest rock, so it can skip the most times? When was the last time you were that carefree? And then we grow up, right? And life happens. Life hands you stuff. Stress comes, a job, school, relationships, Life happens. Life hands you stuff. What do you do with that? It weighs you down, it causes stress, it causes anxiety, depression, all this stuff that is not from God, quite frankly. But it's the way life works. And this is October, so we have November and December coming up, and that means holidays are coming up, right? We've got Thanksgiving, we've got Christmas, we've got New Year's, and that means family get-togethers, it means shopping, it means Christmas parties, 
whose anxiety level just raised a bit. <laughs> it causes anxiety. You're worried about who you're gonna run into. What do we do with that? First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast it on him. Give it to him. Casting means to throw forcibly in a specific direction. It's not casually tossing it. It's being intentional, being deliberate, and throwing it to him, casting it to him, giving it to him. It's intentionality. And it's being consistent. This is not just a suggestion. He says, cast your cares on him. Cast your anxiety on him. It's a command. He wants you to do it. This is not easy. <laughs> this is easier said than done. I know that. I'm a mom. And I've been a mom for over 22 years. And moms worry about their kids. We worry about, my kids are young adults and teenagers. And just a few weeks ago, I realized, oh my goodness, we're going to be empty nesters in a couple years. <laughs> I am not, I, <laughs> I don't feel quite the same way. <laughs> because I worry, did I teach them enough? Did I train them enough? Did they learn from me? You know, did they learn? Are they going to be okay? It's, it's kind of scary. I mean, it's what we raise them for, you know, is for them to leave and to grow up and to do their own thing. And it's what we raise them for, but it doesn't mean that it's, that we don't worry about them, you know? because we want them to succeed and we want them to do well. So our scripture today, Paul tells us not to be anxious, but then he tells us how to not be anxious. He tells us what to do with it. So we're in Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So today's message is entitled, Eliminating Anxiety, Casting All Your Cares on God. And I have three points for you. And the first one, going with your fill-in, we have more peace in our lives by asking for help. Verse six, verses 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love the message version of verse six. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Let God know what's going on. Let him know your concerns. What are you worried about? Let him know. So what is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. It's like in relationship with your friend or relationship with your spouse, it's having a conversation with him. It's back and forth. It's not just a one-way thing. It's a back and forth relationship. That's what prayer is. And then what's petition? Who's signed a petition before? Yeah. Petitions go around. Petition is to make a... or present a formal request to an authority with respect to a particular cause. Basically, you're asking for help with this issue. You're asking for help. So a story in my life, 14 years ago, I was in an accident and my body was broken, literally broken. I had broken ribs, I had a broken sternum, I had bruises, I had a collapsed lung, both feet were broken. I was a mess. (laughs) I couldn't drive, I could hardly walk, I just couldn't care for myself, and so I had to ask for help. I had to, didn't have a choice. And my family is amazing, and they wanted to help me. They wanted to. And because they they knew that I needed help, and they're just, my family's awesome. So it was humbling, very humbling. I had to swallow my pride. God stripped me of my pride, actually. And it takes humility to ask for help. Lay your pride aside and ask for help. So many times we, we think we can do it on our own. That's what I was like before the accident and before I was forced to ask for help. I thought, I, I got this. I got the world by the horns. I can handle it. I was wrong. My family was there to help me. They wanted to help me. And just like my family wanted to help me, our, family, our Heavenly Father wants us to ask for help. That's your next fill-in. He wants us to ask for help. He's there just waiting for you to ask him. And too many times we wait until it's a disaster, until it's a tragedy. Don't wait until it's a tragedy, until it's too much for you. Remember in verse six, it says, in every situation, every means every. (laughs) It means every situation and all situations, big ones, little ones, minor, major, everything in between, everything in every situation. Ask for help. Don't do life on your own. Just don't do it because you can't. All through, the pipe, all through the Bible, you see examples of people asking for help. Moses asked for help when he didn't have water. Joshua asked God for help when he led the Israelites across the Jordan River. 
And then after that, he faced battle after battle after battle. He asked God for help. You can't do it on your own. And if you read the book of Psalms, David consistently asks for help. Consistently. You see it all through the Bible. They're asking God for help because they know they can't do it on their own. When we think we can do things on our own, that's when anxiety levels rise. That's where it comes from. Lay down your pride. Even Jesus asked for help. In Luke 22, verse 39, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. This was right before Jesus died on the cross, and he knew what was coming. Jesus was human, but he was also God. I know sometimes that's hard to wrap your brain around, but he was human, he was also God. In his humanness, he did not want to do this. But because he was God, he knew what was coming. So he went to the Mount of Olives specifically to pray. And he said, God, I don't want this. He knew how much he was going to be beaten. He knew that he was going to have to carry that cross. He knew that he was going to be humiliated in front of everyone. He knew that he was going to be rejected and made fun of and scorned. All this, he knew what was coming. And he said, take this cup from me. He don't want to do it. But he also said, not my will, but yours be done. Because he was God, he knew that he was going to have to go through it, even though he didn't want to. In Matthew 26, it says that Jesus prayed three times. He didn't just pray one time. He prayed three times. He was in agony. (laughs) He was having a tough time. And he asked for help. He's like, God, you got to help me. Okay, I know I got to go through this. You got to help me. In my humanness, I cannot do this on my own. So God sent an angel. And an angel encouraged him, gave him courage, gave him boldness, gave him the strength that he needed to get through it. God sent an angel to encourage him. And he was very specific with his prayer. A specific prayer is a serious prayer. Don't be vague with your prayers. When you ask for help, tell him what you need. He wants to know what you need. He wants to hear it from you. After I had this message all put together, I was 
<laughs> just wandering through a store on Friday afternoon, just kind of wandering, not really need any, <laughs> needing anything. And I found this book by Max Lucado. Max Lucado is one of my favorite authors, and any book that he writes is an excellent book. He, and so I found this book, Anxious for Nothing, and it's a book based on this scripture. I was so excited to find it. And so I picked it up. I read through some of it. I didn't have time to read the whole book before tonight, but amazing book. If you get a chance to pick that up, it's a really good book. But I wanted to read a quote from it. He says, do not think for a moment that the power of prayer resides in the way we present it. God is not manipulated or impressed by our formulas or eloquence, but he is moved by the sincere request. After all, he is, not our, is he not our father? As his children, we honor him when we tell him exactly what we need. I know as a parent, I want my kids to let me know what they need. And don't be vague about it. Tell me what you need so I can help you. God wants to know what we need. I'm not a fan of flying. I have done a lot of flying in the last 15 years. Just not a fan of it. But I do it because I, that's my only way to get across the ocean. <laughs> and so a few years ago, I was flying home from Africa with a team. This was about six, seven years ago. And... We were, we were on the flight from Amsterdam to Chicago. I've been on this flight a few times, and so I knew we were coming up to Greenland. And great flight, it was a smooth flight. All of a sudden, we start hitting turbulence. I don't like turbulence. And it just, oh, my anxiety level just, oh, I don't like it. But this time, the airplane was dropping. It wasn't just a little bit of turbulence. This 777 airplane was dropping. And then it would go back up. It would drop. And it was like when you're on a roller coaster and you drop. That's what it was doing. It was dropping. And I thought, OK, I just went on my last missions trip. Saw my family for the last time. I'm done. This is it. And I seriously thought this was it going to be it. I thought we were going to go down. And eventually, and I was begging God for help. Man, I was begging God. I was holding my friend's hand. I said, we're going to get through this. And I begged God for help. We eventually got to Chicago, and it was fine. And a couple years ago, my friend asked me to go to Mexico with her for vacation. And we had a great week. And... We were in Guadalajara, we had a layover in Guadalajara to fly into Chicago, and we were in the line to board the flight. And luggage was on the airplane, we were all set to go, ready to board, and God said, don't get on this flight. <laughs> I'm having a discussion with God like, we are ready to board, and you're just now telling me to not get on this flight? Really? And I'm, I'm arguing with God, and I look over at my friend Sarah, and I said, Sarah, I don't think we're supposed to get on this flight. I think God's telling me that we're not supposed to get on. She's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, what? And so we talked to the stewardess. They got our luggage off of the airplane, 
We eventually got our luggage. We got a flight for the next morning. We spent the night in the airport in Mexico and got on a flight the next morning. And I said, what in the world, God? What are you doing? And I'm sitting in my seat, I have a window seat, and he says, look out the window. And he, showed, he, he let me see in the spiritual realm. There's an angel sitting on the wing of the airplane. You know how you see statues or pictures of these angels with massive wings? That's what they look like. This angel, pure white, incredible, pure white, massive wings sitting there. I look out the other side, there's an angel sitting on the other wing. It was incredible. I'm like, okay, we're good. And we're taxiing out and we take off and the Lord shows me two angels underneath the airplane. That flight was the smoothest flight I've ever been on. And every flight I've taken since then, there's angels. He sends angels. He sent an angel to Jesus to give him strength and courage. He sends angels. So Costa Rica team, we're good. (laughs) Ask God for help. He wants to help you. Going on to point two, we can have more peace in our lives by focusing on the positive. Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I could spend a half hour just on this verse alone but I won't. (laughs) We're just gonna touch on this verse. Whatever is true, we have a God who is a God of truth. His word is full of truth. His words are true, his actions are true, his life is true, everything about him is truth. Pursue that. Take time to interact with the Bible on a regular basis, one-on-one with him, in a Bible study, in a group setting. Pursue the truth of God in his word. Memorize, Bible, memorize verses in, of scripture. Honestly, I am horrible at this. My mind I, I, somehow doesn't work like that. But if you are good at memorization, do it. Do it, get it in your head. And ask God for his perspective on your situation. Pursue his truth. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, and whatever is admirable. These are all good things, good things. Focus on what is pure. Stop dwelling on what is offensive, dirty, and negative. 
Focus on the goodness of God. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I found this saying by Mark Twain. What a wee little part of a person's life are his acts and his words. His real life is led in his head and is known to none but himself. All day long, the mill of his brain is grinding and his thoughts, not those other things, are his history. Our minds are powerful. So much of what we say and do and think and feel starts up here. Think about positive things. Think about what is pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. It starts up here. We can have more peace in our lives by engaging in worship. Verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. New, I like the New Living Translation. It says, Thank him for all he has done. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. What has he done for you? What has he done for you before today? Has he kept your kids alive? Has he helped you parent your kids? Has he given you a job? Has he provided a home for you? Has he given you good health? What has he done for you? He is a good God. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I just finished a study on the book of Joshua. Excellent study. And in the book of Joshua, God consistently told Joshua to be strong and courageous and promised to be with him. Joshua faced a lot as a leader, a lot a lot of struggles, a lot of battles. God consistently told him to be strong and courageous and reminded him, I'm with you. And at one point, Joshua was questioning, I don't know, God, I don't know. And God says, remember? Remember what I did for you? Remember? I was there when you fought that battle. I was there when you won that battle. Remember, I won that battle for you. You got some battles going on. Remember what God has done for you in the past. Remembering what he's done changes your mindset. One of the ways I like to do this is through worship. If I've got stuff going on in my life that I'm struggling with, my anxiety level has raised a bit, I'm nervous about something, 
I turn the worship music on. It just settles me. That's what worship music does for me. It settles me. Remembering what he's done for me in the past, it settles me. I'm like, all right, I'm good. Your last fill-in, anxiety cannot live where praise and worship exist. Praising him and honoring him for what he has done and for who he is. He is good. Honoring him for who he is. I'm telling you what, there's nothing like it. Let it settle your mind. Yeah, you may still need to go through what you need to go through. Let him help you through it. Don't go through it on your own. Let him help you through it. Do it with him. That's what he's there for. He wants to help you. Worship team, you can come on up. We're going to finish up with worship. If you've got stuff going on that you just need to lay it down, you just need to let it go, you are welcome to come up here and worship. You can go back and back and worship. You can kneel. You can lay on your face and just let it go. Or you can dance however that looks for you. You are welcome to do that. So Lord, we ask for you to just come and move. May your peace that passes all understanding be so thick in this room. We just want you here, Lord. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.